I'd like to I'd like to conclude this week and next week we have to talk tie things together a little bit and to deal with one of the most important topics in this whole subject that of his chazkas for parents in, in raising children. So if, for those who have the the countries uh, in front of you, the booklet, please turn to page Chaf Gimel. We're going to talk about davening. We'll see why. There's something that's often taken for granted. On Chav Gimel it says, Eis Yudalit. Fihine ha'avayda ha'kadoisha hazu, Lizka sh'ha'ashpois v'ha'koiches sh'ashem es baruch noisen lanu, avur ha'neshomes sh'yeshen l'shayichisim ha'im. We've been learning the entire time that the Baruch has given each and every parent the kaiches that he or she needs to raise the children. And the children were sent into that particular home because only those parents have this special kaiches to raise that child the way that Hashem wants. So, It's not as if Hashem gives you this kaiach and you get it once and then and, and you use it up quickly. Hashem is mechadish. Hashem renews that kaiach within each and every one of us every single day. When it comes to davening, guarding our children, which is so important, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, maybe a little bit next next week. One part of davening, as you all know, and davening in general, is haydah, which means to give thanks to the Rebbein Shalom. And only after giving thanks, and there are many reasons why, and this is explained at length in the Yishonim and in Echronim, why is it that that's the Seder of davening, that first... We praise Hashem, we give thanks, and then we make our requests. So too, when it comes to our children, there are two general, basic areas that we focus on. One is giving thanks to Hashem, is both what we have, for the kaiches that we have, for the children that we have, and the kaiches that Hashem has given us to raise them. And then asking of Hashem for what we need, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. That part of giving thanks. That each and every day, preferably at the beginning of the day, we should give thanks to Hashem. What does that mean? That Hashem has been mashpia, that Hashem has given us this day, each day, that Hashem gives us those new kaiches and those special kaiches. Hashem has given me the kaiches today to be able to take care of these neshamas that are under my care. That when you say maidani in the morning, in the morning when you say the brachas, before you say anything, you say maidani. And you're thanking Hashem that you gave me back my neshama. So when you're saying that little tefillah, the first thing in the morning when you open your eyes, so he's saying, and you say the bracha, the neshama that you gave to me, you should stop and think for a moment to thank Hashem, not just that you're alive, but to thank Hashem for the new life that He's given you this day, and the new kaiches that He's giving you today. 
Bein b'shvil havayda pratis shalano, new kayach, the new strength that he's given me today to serve him. Ubein al kol kayachas atzumim shashem esbarach noisim b'seicheni b'shvil kol haneshamish anutzichim lashpi alayim. You could, you should have in mind in the morning when you say ma'idani, when you say lekain neshamish shasatabi, that Hashem, I want to thank you for giving me the kayachas that I need to be able to take care of my children today, to be able to take care of my children. And if you repeat this often, whatever went wrong yesterday, whatever happened yesterday, that's already finished. That's already in the past. But today Hashem has given me the kaiches to speak to my children properly, to show them enough warmth, to take care of them properly. Hashem has given me those new kaiches today, regardless of what I messed up yesterday. Today is different. The same way that a person is wealthy, when you have a person who is wealthy, that he has a great deal of money, if a wealthy person remembers that all the money that he has is merely something that Hashem has given him to hold on to, in the meantime, for the purpose of being able to distribute being able to distribute this money to those who need. A wealthy person was given the money to be able to take care of this money to help those who need. So the Bnei Sasuka said that to the extent that a person remembers that all that I have is only for the purpose of doing for others, not that you can't enjoy life, but that, that the Bnei has given me this wealth much more than I need for myself, so that I should be able to take care and help others. So to the extent that the person remembers that, he keeps that in mind, so the Barishalm will give him more and more. Because now he is a worthy vessel of that wealth because he's distributing it, and he remembers and he thinks of it that way. But if for a moment he, he thinks, if he begins to think that this is my money, and therefore, I will distribute, I will give as I see fit. In other words, he begins to hold on to this money in a very tight way. And Hashem will remind him that you're simply somebody who was appointed for whatever reason to hold on and to be shliach to distribute this money, not to get carried away and to think that it's yours. The only reason that you have that wealth is that the Rebbein Shalom, for whatever reason, gave you the schus that you should be able to be a person to be Mekayim Mitzvah with this money and give out to those who need. But that's all. You know, there was a Jew who, there was a Jew who used to go to a famous story. There was a Jew who used to go to the Rebbe Abzushia. And from the time that he came to the Rebbe Abzushia, so he used to have bracha and hatzlacha. Because the Rebbe Abzushia used to give him brachas and it was terrific. And then he found out, he, it was brought to his attention, that the Rebbe Rebzushi himself has a Rebbe that he goes to. Who is the Rebbe of the Rebbe Rebzushi? Mizit Shemagi. And the Rebbe Rebzushi used to go to Mizit Shemagi. So this fellow was a Chacham, he was a smart guy. He said, if I'm making so much money, I'm doing so well going to the student, to the Rebbe Rebzushi, why should I waste my time like that? Better I should go. I'll go to the Rebbe, I'll go to the, I'll go to the, to the Mizit Shemagi. And he began to go to Mizit Shemagi. And from the moment he began to go, he began to lose all of his wealth. Until that he became a poor man. And he, and he didn't understand. And he came in to the Rebbe Zoshia and he asked, I don't understand. When I was coming to you, 
when I would come to you for brachas, so then I had such hatzlach, and then when I start to go to your Rebbe, was even greater than you. So then all the brachas stopped. So the Rebbe Abzushi told him, you know, when you began to investigate and, made all, and make all these sophisticated chilukim, distinctions between the student and the Rebbe, so then the Bani Shalom also made sophisticated decisions when it, come, when it came to your, to your bracha. Whether, whether you're right, whether you're worthy of the, for the bracha or you're not worthy for the bracha, the Bani Shalom began to make those distinctions. But when you were simple and when you were, when you were coming to me in a simple way, trusting in Hashem, that I would be a vessel for your brachas, so then Hashem was simple with you as well. So the idea, of course, is that when a person who has bracha thanks Hashem, is thankful for the bracha that he receives, and he remembers from whose hand that he received this bracha, then the Baruch continues to give. But if the person begins to make chilukim, he begins to make distinctions regarding that wealth as if it's, as if it's, it's his. As if it's his. So then, then Khalil the Baruch makes chilukim as well, whether or not you're worthy of being a shlich anymore. Therefore, we have to ask Hashem to help us remember always that what? That we really have nothing. And we can't get up in the morning to diaper a kid, let alone to have a good discussion with a child. Everything is just a gift. The ability to take care of our children is partially a gift from HaKadosh Baruch and there, there are many people never who are incapable of taking care of their own children, and that the children, even to the point that sometimes the children have to be given under some to be taken care of by somebody else, Hashem Yirachim, and we take for granted that we could take care of our children. It's not true. We can't do anything without the Bnei Shlom, and therefore the first thing when we say my Da'ani, that you gave me by Nisham, it doesn't just mean that you gave me my life back, but you gave me my life with all of my kaiches to be able to take care of my children. Kargam came b'negeya. The kaiyach shiyesh l'kol av l'kol aim for the kaiyach that every father, every mother has of kol malabin and teacher. Leinu luska shiyesh on the pigdoinus nefloim. We have to remember that the Bnei Shlom has given us this wonder, one, these wonders, pigdoinus, these these securities to hold on to. For Hashem is brach neis on the bechal yom v'yom kaiyachus chadoshim that the Bnei Shlom gives us each and every day new kaiyachus. Pigdoinus chadoshim achim as gadol ha'imun shneis nebanim because Hashem is brach trusts us the same way that He trusts the rich man. As long as Hashem trusts that rich man with the wealth, so the rich man can have the wealth. So too the Baruch Shalom trusts us with the, with the greatest gifts of all, with the wealth of having children. And when we say in the morning, we say, Rabba Emunasecha. That means not only that great is Hashem's trustworthiness, Rabba Emunasecha means great is the trust that Hashem has in us. Rabba Emunasecha, how great is your Amunah in us. How great is your trust in us that you've given us the children to take care of. Hashem is Baruch Mamin Ban. He believes in us. And He gives us there for each day new kaiches. And to the degree that we feel the joy of, a, of this mitzvah of raising our children, this attitude of feeling grateful, of having a feeling gratitude to Hashem for, for giving us the children and for giving us the kaiches to raise them, this is an attitude that the children will feel, they will sense in us the moment we walk in the house. They can tell whether or not we look at them as being a huge burden 
as, not, as being a very unpleasant part of our lives. We, we would much rather be doing something else. Or whether the children see us as, as when, when the children see us, that we that we are we are people who are besimcha with the with the responsibility. Although we're, we could be overwhelmed, I already spoke about that. It's okay to be, you know, to feel that chayis is very scary. But at the same time, to feel the simcha that we have, to have the children and to be able to raise them. And the children should feel that when the Rebbe comes into the class. And the children should feel that when the parents come into the house. Therefore, every time you say Shemun it would be a good thing, he says, to think of this. When you say, Hashem will give thanks to you. Or invention. When you say, and for everything, Hashem is I want to thank you. You could have each child in mind. You should try to think of the children. When you say, for everything you are given, we give you thanks. The bottom of the page. Now, besides giving thanks, there's another chelik of davening, and that's the chelik of bakoshes, of asking, of requesting. Especially, we should try at the beginning of the day. Especially in the morning when we say berchas atayra, when we say the brachas of hamalami tera laami yisrael ashabachabanu v'nasalano, when we make the brachas. Birchas Atayra in the morning, that's the most powerful time of the day to have in mind this request. What? She says, Kedailis Raga Levakish, the Birchas Atayra, Vokala Nishama, Shieshlon, Shaikhisimam, Kedu Mechazala Kedoshim, Mitzadikim, Schusim again. Shakavana, Birchas Atayra, his school in the Flola, Darius Kedoshim, Eirim. That bracha, the bracha that we make in the morning, the Birchas Atayra, there are no, there are the two most powerful times of the day of the week to daven for the children is in the morning when you say the brachas of the Torah and then before you light Shabbos candles those are very very powerful times also but, but in particular during the regular week and the brachas by, and, and by candle lighting to have in mind by candle lighting that the children should be good luchtaka kinder, they should be good and healthy, and they should grow, be, be great and tire and your shemaim. next page. Mehadaris hakaidmim, heyachaisa niris havoida veesoiris vahabakoshis vahatachanunim ahayeladim beis birchas atar bechal yayim. That in the earlier generations, Hamas kaiches, the fathers and the mothers used to pour into the birchas atar when they would make the brach in the morning. And how much kaiches the parents would pour in, the mothers would pour in when they were saying, when they were lighting Shabbos candles. It wasn't just a perfunctory act. When the mothers were lighting Shabbos candles, it was with bechias, with crying, and with chinas, and, and, and asking Hashem for the children. Skip to the bottom of the page, because he talks about something we don't really need to go into right now. And we know from Chazal that at the time of Birchas Atayra, the time in the morning when you make the bracha at the beginning of the day, the bracha zatayra, that's when Hashem gives you, that's when Hashem gives you the shefa, the bracha that you need for all the Torah that you're going to learn that day. That's why we say in the present tense, Hashem is teaching Torah. Giving, Hashem is giving me the Torah. 
It's not just that Hashem gave it to us a long time ago in Har Sinai. Each morning when we daven, we ask Hashem, give me the Torah that I need for today. And again, the Torah doesn't just mean, because you might not plan on having much Torah that day. You might not be having a Shia that day. Right? You might not have the opportunity to learn. But as we, but as we, as we learned before, it doesn't just mean... It doesn't just mean the materials for teaching. It means to have the wisdom, the understanding, to have the knowledge to give to my children, to speak to them the right way, to tell them what they need to hear. <clears throat> it's nice and hatayr, in the present tense. kasher ha'av. Therefore, when the father, the malamir, the meshpiyah, mevakish, and b'bechas hatayr, ba'imra, when he says, v'harev na'ashem ha'lokeinu z'divay terascha b'finu. When you say the words, v'harev na'ashem, make the words of the Torah sweet in my mouth. You're davening that Hashem should make the Torah of that day sweet in my mouth. And then we say, then we say, all the children, all the children and grandchildren. My sons, when you say, and even if your son is 40 years old, or your daughter is 40 years old, whatever it is, you daven to the Baruch Shalom, that the Torah that my child is going to hear that day should be sweet for my child. That the Torah should be received in a good way, in a sweet way. And my students, but here, means not only that it should be, that he explains it's not only a lotion of sweetness, but also the word taruvis means what? When something is mixed in. Right? Taruvis means when something is, when something is mixed up, it's mixed in good. Right? So he explains, Shetis Arav Behem, Vetis Masach Bekirbam. Rabbi Shalom, please help that when my, my son is sitting in yeshiva today, my daughter is in school, please help that, she, that he or she not just hear the Torah and that it sits on the surface of his consciousness, but that the words of Torah become good in the personality of who he is, to change him, to change her, to make them into greater people. Not just to hear words of Torah and that the Torah just floats by, or that they're just learning to be able to succeed in an exam or to answer the questions for homework. But Vaharivna, Hashem, please help mix in the Torah into their personalities. They should become part of them. That the olive base and the words of Torah and the words of learning should become part of who they are. When you say that, you have those thoughts in the morning when you make Berches HaTayra, you are able to, you are able, Mamish, to bring a tremendous Yeshua to your children, to your grandchildren that day. You could affect them for the rest of their lives. That that Torah becomes, that that Torah becomes a part of who they are. I just saw, I saw in a Sefer, a Maise, you know, there was the great guy, Reb Chaskel Avramsky. I'm sure many of you heard of him, Reb Chaskel Avramsky. He was in the last generation. So Reb Chaskel used to spend a lot of time by the Kaisel in Yushalayim. And, and there was a young man who wrote this cipher that I was look, looking at, that he, when he said when he was a boy, he always was curious. Reb Chaskel wasn't just, Reb Chaskel wasn't just davening from his sitter. He would go there and he would, he would daven, he would say things, and he would cry. So once, this, this, uh, the author of the Sefer said that when he was a boy, he went by the castle and he and he put his ear next to Rav Chaskel to try to hear what Rav Chaskel Avramsky was saying, and he heard that Rav Chaskel Avramsky was saying this. 
He says, Rabbi Shlalom, you're the best Melamed. You're the best teacher. And how do I know that? Because I said a bracha, HaMelamed Tarlami Yisrael, that you teach Torah to the Jewish people. You're the best Melamed. Therefore, he said, when Mashiach, Mashiach was going to come any moment, why is Mashiach going to be great, such, such a great Talmud Chacham? Why? Not because he learned in Brisk. Not because he learned in Ger or in Panavish. Not because he learned in Prat Yosef. The reason he's going to be such a great Talmud is because you were his Rabbi Mamish. And you taught him Tyre. So therefore, listen to Rabbi Chaskaramsky. So therefore, Baruch Shalom, I ask you, maybe it would be okay if you... How about if you teach me also a little bit of Tyre today? If you teach me also a little bit of Tyre? That's what he heard Rabbi Chaskaramsky saying. <clears throat> so that's a good thing to have in mind. That's a good thing to have in mind, that the Baruch Shalom should help us and to teach us a little Tyre that day. Certainly, the Rabbi, the teacher, is a shliach of Hashem. But that, that Torah should become something which is a part of who we are. There's so many people that they learn, they learn, they learn, and the learning never mean, never changes them. They, they learn Hilchus Lashon Hara for 20 years, and it doesn't change who they are. They learn, they can learn all different things, and it doesn't affect them as people, as Jews. So the, the tefillah of Aharivna, we're davening for ourselves and for our children, that the Torah should become mixed into them should become part of who they are and should change their lives. And not only <clears throat> it should be mixed into ourselves, our children, therefore we daven in Birchas HaTayra, what? And our children, so the Avnei said that we see them when it comes to Gashmias in physical life. But what? That when a father, when a person has, God forbid, a mum, some sort of a physical blemish, Hashem is baruch yasa shalayyeh shum bar Yisrael shum mum shum chisar nebuchal yivar vegida v'alnikach l'dug melahavdok hashiyesh l'goymum. So he doesn't want to say by a Jew that a Jew has a mum. So he says, let's take a different example. If a non-Jew has a mum has some something that's wrong, some defect. There's a difference. If the mum is chitzaini, if it's as if there's a if there's let's say a scar, there's a blemish on the skin, on the outside of the person. That doesn't go in a Yerusha. If a person has a scab, if a person has stitches, if he has a chitzainiyas dike mum, something an external blemish a cut something is wrong that's not passed on to the children even the even the craziest person would not have a problem with the shidduch hearing that the mother has a cut right <laughs> although it's hard to say these days where things are going right that we heard that your alta zayda you know had a boo-boo <clears throat> maybe we're nervous how that's going to emerge in the children that's ridiculous right even even by our silly hasagas that's ridiculous that's a mumchitzayni. That's an external mum. It's a blemish that's that hasn't become part of that person. Therefore, it's not handed down in the Yerusha. It's not handed down in any way, genetically, to a child or to a grandchild. So he says, But if a person has an inner mum, God forbid, if there's something organically wrong, if there's something wrong in a deeper way, then there could already there can be a Yerusha, it depends, but there can be something which is a Yerusha. Ben Mitzad, the body, and Ben Mitzad, 
They meet other person's intellect and emotions. That something can be handed down. For Halimud Lono and the Avdanezer taught, what do we learn from this? When it comes to Avedis Hashem. This is so important. In a in a much more positive way, you know, anything that's in a negative way, we have a rule that when something is a the when it's in a good thing, certainly it works in a much stronger way. So if we see that in a negative way, there's a distinction made between an external blemish and an internal disorder that that which is external is not handed down in the Yerusha from generation to generation but that which is internal in a negative way can God forbid be handed down so then the rule is in a good way then how much more so, infinitely more so that what? that when a person's tired, when a person's learning when a person's observance of mitzvahs when a person's way of davening is a chilek mihaatzmi yishol. It's part of who you are. It's not something. It's not something which is an external, empty act. Mehamuhushalo. If you're, they say in the Semach Tzedek from Lubavitch that when he would that when he, he would cut his finger, blood didn't come out. Chesidus would come out. Of course he would bleed. But the meaning of the meaning of that when they said that, I mean the chesidim, the simple chesidim, I'm sure believed it that somehow chesidus came out of his hand. But we understood what the what the the, the Adam Gadol who said that about the Tzemach was saying, is that Chesidus is not something that the Tzemach just taught. Chesidus is something that the Tzemach lived and was part of every fiber of his being. It was woven into the fabric of his neshama. When your davening is something which is part of you, when your mitzvah is something which is when you observe a mitzvah b'simcha, and your mitzvahs are with his slavs. And your Yiddishkeit is not something which is just menasofer velachus. It's just, it's just mouthing the words and doing empty acts. So then, then the Avni Nezer taught that what happens is that that he says shebachol evarv yumu uravim divrei atayra kedoshim. I remember my rabbi. I was like to be to learn by a great tzaddik. His name was Rabbi David Lifshitz, the Suval Karav. Rabbi David. So he didn't come from a chassidish background in David, and he learned in the yeshivas. But he had a tremendous appreciation for chassidish Torah. So I used to drive him. I used to drive him from different places, and and uh, he would often ask me to say, you know, a chassidish Torah, to say something chassidus, because he wasn't raised that way. And he didn't have it so much. He would ask for some chassidus, and and uh, and I was taught to say he would tell me, you know, to pull over to the side. And he knew you can't say thing when you're driving. And and he was so emotional. He didn't understand how I was able to continue driving after saying something, you know, from the Svasemis, from the Balatanya, from Rabbi Nachman. Because when you say it, when a tzaddik would hear a good vart, it's not like, it's not like you know, for, if somebody says, ah, that's interesting, it's sharp, it's nice. It's, it, it, was, it was something, a good vart, a tyra, is something which, in a tzaddik, it goes to the mamish all the way inside. And therefore, the Avnanezer taught was that when that happens, when your Torah is learned in such a way, when your mitzvahs are observed in such a way, in such a pneumistic way, when that happens, so then, then this Torah is a Torah that you're able to pass on to the children. 
that you're able to pass on. He says, "Shabachol evar of you muravim deviatara kadosh. Shabachol halacha shuloy mit misarevis from the vlas bedamai. It becomes absorbed in your blood. It becomes part of you. It becomes part of you." I think my wife said she once heard from a, a Rabbitson that that those that those women who in those times when they didn't have any mikvahs they they went to Teuvel in in ice water when they had no place to go to a mikvah they went to Teuvel in ice water so they were able to give birth to children who had the kaiches to sing Ani Mamen when they were going into fire into an oven when when parents when the Yiddishkeit is that that was the Yiddishkeit of of, of a parent you know we wonder. We wonder, never has there ever been a time before where so many Jews have access to Torah like now, and and we would we would expect that there would be some Rav Moshe Feinstein's or Yaakov Kamenetsky's coming out of all of this, right? Or there'd be a new generation of Lubavitchers, Rebbe's, and Satin Rebbe's, and Kozenberg's, and we're holding our breaths in anticipation for these neshamas, for these tzaddikim, and Halavai Hashem should help. And there there are many reasons why it doesn't seem to be happening. Even though there's never been as much time, there's never been as much time to learn as now, and that we saw that even simple Jews were able to bring such big neshamas into the world, and now we're trying everything with all the classes and this and that, and we're going to shiurim. All of you are much more educated than your grandmothers, right? You know that. All of you are much more educated than your grandmothers, your great grandmothers. They didn't have yeshivas for the women in those days. Some individual women were big, you know, they, they, had, they were big maskilas. But usually, they, but their muna was with such a passion. The tehillim was with such a passion that it was something which was mamish nivla bedan, it was in their blood. And when you have something beautiful that's internalized, then you can give it over in a Yerusha. It goes over genetically. But if your Yiddishkeit, if your Yiddishkeit is very external, if your Yiddishkeit is just something which is a nice little thing that's on the surface, it looks nice. It looks nice. It's, we look a certain way. We dress like a religious family. It looks right. We dab in the right shul. I wear the, you know, wear the right outfit. Everything looks right. But the Yiddishkeit is not something which is really, really mixed into you. That's the tefillah. That's when you say that bracha in the morning, the Baruch Shalom helped that the Torah of the mitzvah should become mixed into me. So that, I can, so that my children should be able to receive it from me. Even though I don't, I'm not, it doesn't mean I'm such a good teacher. But the children should see on me. It should be something which, is a, which can be passed along because it's so much a part of my very essence. Because the essence is passed down from generation to generation. That's passed down. And we've seen this. Many, many examples of this. <clears throat> if your Yiddishkeit is very, very much not a part of you, it's just something which is superficial. So it's very hard to produce Chavetz Chaim from such a Yiddishkeit. It's very hard from a Yiddishkeit that's cold and it's just mechanical. How are you supposed to produce big Jews? Where are they supposed to be from where? We're waiting for someone to tell them something in Yeshiva. That, but they have to get it from us. That's why... In the writings of Rabbi Nachman from Breslov, I might have mentioned this some weeks ago, <clears throat> Rabbi Nachman from Breslov over and over emphasized that it's not enough to learn Torah. He says you have to change your Torah into Tefillah. Did I discuss this with you? Changing Torah into Tefillah, which in Rabbi Nachman's teachings is a very big subject, 
It means that when you learn something, you shouldn't allow it to remain just a new intellectual abstract concept. You should daven for it. Lamashal, what we're learning tonight. It would be a good thing, if it were possible, for everybody to try for 30 seconds tonight, tomorrow morning, to daven, that we should be able to be these kind of people. When you, when you learn when you learn something in halacha, when you learn something in halacha, why is it that you see that there's so many Jews that they learn so much and yet and yet it doesn't seem to translate into mitzvahs? You know, sometimes you hear terrible stories about, about Jews that are supposedly, you know, kind of people that go to the mikveh every day and then they're taking money with the yeshivas, with gov- the government, and it's a chil Hashem, and every, every Jewish heart is broken to, to hear of such things. How could it be? You ask a person like this who's learning Torah for 30, 40 years. So the answer is he learned it, but he didn't daven. What does it mean? He, he said Ashrei. See, if you would learn, if you would learn the Gemara, so many Gemaras that deal with honesty between people, well, the Gemaras in Bav Metziah, Bav Basa, Bav Akama, that deal with relationships between people and business and so on. If that person would internalize those Gemaras by davening for those kaiches that he's learning about, instead of it just remaining something which is hovering above his consciousness or something which is just an intellectual abstract, right? So you could talk, you could talk, you could talk until you blew about about being nice people, about Benal Mechaveiro and all these nice things. But if you don't daven for it, if you don't... See, when you daven for something, davening has a tremendous koyach to be mamshich something into your very... To, to bring it into your blood. The harev not comes through davening. It's the most powerful, the most certain way to bring something into you is through tefillah. So if you go to a shir and you hear an interesting shir, so don't just leave it as something which is interesting and you have a couple of notes and it's nice. So what are you going to do? You'll be 120, you're going to take a notebook? And, I mean, so the, the, we, we're trying to learn that we should become greater Jews. And we should internalize these things. So when you hear something that's a good authority, you hear a halacha, you daven. You're learning the halachas of halachas neshabas. So then you daven, whatever that halacha is, even if it's a detailed halacha that seems to be something which is just, uh, you know, it's a very, uh, very simple or mundane thing. But when you daven for it, that you should be able to be makayim this Indian in the fullest sense, right? So that when you when you when you daven, let's say when you're learning a hilchas Shabbos, wouldn't it be wonderful? I know this could never be done in the, in, the, uh, in any broad sense, but I, I do this with my students that I teach. That after we after we learn an Indian, let's say we're learning the Indian uh, the halachas of hadlakas ne Shabbos, so then then if the students themselves with each one would write a tefillah would write a tefillah, based upon what I learned. He wrote some Mufanach Hashem came in English to continue. Rabbi Yishlam helped that, 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 what, that, when I'm, that when I motion with my hands, when I'm lighting the candles, that I should, with each, with each tznufa, with each movement of my hand, I should be zoicha to bring into my heart the light of Shabbos and what Shabbos means, and Shalom Bayis, and Simcha, and Brach, and so on. And in all the halachas, you could do that. After you learn something, but a person would be able to have a collection of tefillahs, of his or her own tefillahs, after 120 years, those, those tefillahs are the most precious tefillahs, and also those tirists become part of you. You internalize. It doesn't mean every single thing that you learn, because obviously some things strike us a, a certain way, other things not. But if something hits you in a strong way, it means that it's a chalik of your, of your being. But you need to make it something which is part of you, and the only way to make it part of you is by davening. And bringing it into your into the into the into that world of aharev na Hashem Then it becomes absorbed in the blood, 
And that's your entire that's your entire chiyus, that's your whole life is this mitzvah, is what you're doing. The most important thing to daven for right away in the morning is that your children should be should be Jews who learn Tyre, who live a life of Tyre. That they should love Tyre. That they should become completely immersed in the study of Tyre. And, and, and doing the Ratzon of Hashem. That's why in that brach of the morning, Birchus of Torah, when we say that Hashem help us, first help me, help us, my husband, myself, my wife, help us that the Torah should be a part of us, it should become mixed into our beings. And then, and then I'm certain that I'll be able to give it over in a Yerusha. To my children, to my grandchildren. Next page. Therefore, Father Rebbeinu mix the Torah, mix it up good inside of me. Shatarites Arif be tihen nivlas bedomi should become part and absorbed in my blood. Aydezehi tavel let's say 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 let's it can have upon someone that you'll never, you might never meet. Many, many, many years ahead that you might never, not ever meet. But that, because that was part of you, it was, it was given over. To all the neshamas that are connected to me. Therefore, when you make brachas, you should remember these neshamas of your children and grandchildren, people you might, you, you've never yet met. And you could have that in mind when you make the brach in the morning. To all these neshamas that have a shaykhis to me. Does make a difference if that child, if you're if you're at a point where you're teaching that kid aleph bays or or it's something else, it doesn't make a difference because when you're davening in the morning, that tefillah covers everything. And he says, I'm sorry, I skipped the line. He says, yeah. It's been taught in the Zara by many tzaddikim. Sheish Indian Godl Ma'id is a very great Indian. Lizkais Lilmar Bechal Yom Ve'Yom Yimbanov to learn something with your children each day. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. You know, and I, and I you know, till you realize, you know, I think till 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 I realize, I'm still trying to realize it. You know, that it doesn't have to be to pound into my son's head the same Gemara that he that he that was being driven into him for the last you know, seven hours that day. And that now, he, all he has to look forward to is that when he comes home, after half hour, 
being upstairs, uh, being a little boy again, that it's time to go down, I'm down to the basement. And there sits your father with the same Gemara you saw the whole day. And Achamol. <laughs> Here we go. If you didn't get killed this morning, I'm going to kill you now. Right? So what about Chazara? So, all right. So I, I, I'm beginning to realize that uh, maybe I'm just going to trust in the Rebbe. I'll trust in the Baruch Shalom. And with my son, I'll try to learn something else that he likes, some Navi or something. You know, a few minutes. It doesn't have to be two hours, three hours. These are all the things that I thought of because I always heard this when I was uh, when I was in yeshiva, you know. But really, that's not the point. The point is to make a hiskashus with your child. Every day. I feel as man muat ma'id, even if it's just a little bit. Even if two, three minutes of art something. To say over some of the to the children, to a child. Because anytime you get chap something, to give a little bit of light into that child, is very dear and very important and precious in Shemayim. Today, what you could do today, to give it to your children. Today, there's a special bracha that Hashem has given me. What? That I can give, that I can teach my children something. You remember we spoke around the second week about, about what was it that, or the third week, what was it that ultimately saved Yosef at Sadiq on that difficult day when he was being tested by that whole world of the wife of Potiphar? What ultimately saved him was that he saw the image of his father, right? That's what ultimately saved him. It wasn't his report card, right? And it wasn't his SAT scores, for sure not. What saved him on that day was that he saw the image of his father. And the image of his father was saying, this doesn't become one of the children of Yaakov. This doesn't become one of my children. When Yosef HaTzadok was being drawn into that place. So we learned, we spoke about this, that it's absolutely urgent, of the greatest importance, that you and I become those future images of our pair, of our children. You understand what I'm saying? That when our children will go through difficulties, which they will, because they're going to have to make a thousand decisions, and it's not just between, you know, milchigs uh, and They're going to have to make thousands of very big decisions, and we're not going to be with them when they're making those decisions. And they're not going to call us for Most often, they're not going to call us when it comes to making certain decisions when it comes to a certain Yet Sahara and your kid is there in that place at that time. So there has to be a there has to, it has to be that the father, the mother, are the become the Almadiskasya, the hidden world of the child. Become so that when they have to make that decision and they and they feel drawn towards God forbid the wrong thing towards the wife of Potiphera, then they're able to see that the most dukin of a father of a mother that says this is not for you and that pulls them out of that. And we spoke about that a little bit. And there are many, many ways that, that, that we can create that image for the future projection of our child's, uh, our children's lives that they should have us to take with them, even after 120 when you and I are already in the world of truth and our children are here in this world without us, that they should be able to have the demuzdukin of us <coughs> that will strengthen them, that will strengthen them till they're 120. Till they're 120, which that's what they need in order to be good Jews. They need that they should have their parents' image, the images of their parents. So, 
when it comes to learning with a child, even a little bit, when it comes to learning with a child, something. So we find the same in the same parasha, meaning the same story of Yaakov and his sons that teaches us so much about parents and children. So much of what we have to learn about Chinuch, we learn from from Sefer Bereshis with the with Yaakov Avinu and the Mahos and the children. So all of you know that when the children of Yaakov were trying to convince him that Oid Yosef Chai, that Yosef Atzadik was still alive, so all of you know that Yaakov Avinu could not until what? No? Uh, so that was Sarah Basosha came to play the song, right? This Oideh Sefchai. But ultimately, ultimately, even that was w- w- would not have worked. The only thing that was able to restore the Neshama, to bring Yaakov to that point of of what? Of Atchi Ruach Yaakov Avihem, to bring back the Ruach of Yaakov, was when he saw that Yosef HaTzadik sent the Agolas, the wagons. And you remember Rashi brings from Chazal that it was a simon, simon Mosulahem, that because that was the last thing that they were learning together, right? The last thing that, that Yosef HaTzadik was learning with his father, with Yaakov Avinu, was the Indian of Egla Rufa. Why was it Egla Rufa? Oh, that's a lot of tire on that, but that's not important for now. The point is, that what brought Yaakov Avinu back to life and what brought the the whole family back to life was that the last thing that Yaakov Avinu and Yosef HaTzadik had done was that they had learned with each other. And this was the simon of the wagon that was sent because they were learning the subject of the Egla Rufa. And, and Certainly, when Yaakov Avinu and Yosef Atzadik learned the Indian of the Egla Rufa, it wasn't just learning the Halacha, but they spoke about the purpose of life and the dignity of man, which is what the Egla Rufa is all about, the dignity of, of a human being, and so on, and the Tzalem Alakim. Certainly, Yaakov Avinu and Yosef, certainly he learned with, with Yosef Atzadik. And what's remarkable is it was that Limud, it was that learning that was able to build within within Yosef HaTzadik, that demus diyoikin, that image of a father. The little bit of learning that you and I are able, that we do with, that we do with, with, uh, with our children, to us it might seem like it's so what? It's a little thing, it's a, a little parikinavi, or it's the seyav or a maise, or it's whatever, a little, uh, the seyav or it's something that you saw. So to us it might seem like it's very insignificant, it might seem like it's really unimportant, but the truth is, that the children identify with those Torahs that you and I identify with. And if all you're saying at the Shabbos table, if all your children have ever heard is some interesting way to make Pasuk Aleph and Bez work out, it's very, that's nice. I mean, to make Aleph and Bez work out is certainly an important thing. But if there is no deeper message that the children can refer back to and see that this was something that, this was something that my father, my mother, this, this is something my father loved. This is something my mother loved. She was very attached to this Indian. She was very attached to this to this parasha. Where was I reading someplace that... Um, and I remember my father telling this. I read this someplace, but I remember my father telling to me about my grandmother who I never met. Uh, that my father said that when she used to read the, the Tzanarana, when she used to read the Tzanarana in the parishes, 
you know, especially in Bereshis, but when it would come to Shmais, so she would be, she would be clapping and happy and laughing. When, when the Mitzrayim were drowned, she would say, "You see, you see, you, you shlech the Mitzrayim. You thought you're gonna, you thought you're gonna hurt, uh, you're gonna hurt B'nai Yisrael." And each year was like, you know, an Ayamah, so, you know, it was like a new story, and so excited, and to feel like the thrill of of of, of defeating the, the Mitzrayim, and and you know, all along the way, the suspense when it comes to a parasha like Vayigash comes to Vayigash. My father told me he remembers his father every year for, when it comes to Parshas Vayigash Friday night that his, he, would say, he would say to them the parish and he would start to cry. He was so emotional. When Yosef and Sadiq said a Yosef, right? This is, what, this is what the children remember. They're not going to remember. I got news. They're not going to remember how you made Aleph and Bez work out. I mean, that's all good, but they're not going to remember that. Unless, you know, you have a kid with a photographic memory and even so, like when he's going through the difficulties in life and he has to make his decisions, it's not that he's going to see you standing over him saying, Olive and Bayes work out very nicely. It's because there's something there in the terror that you said and the terror that you were excited about. And your kids saw that and felt that. There was something that meant something to you. I want to, I want to share with you something from, from a person who was, who was a very, very complicated and remarkable person who I was able to learn from. I was able to learn from. I mean, uh, you know... That's that's really uh, I mean I sat there you know what I mean to to learn from I, I can't say that but I, I I sat there and I and I was amazed and I listened to Rabbi Yosheber Salavechik all of the shalom the much maligned Rabbi Yosheber from the yeshiva world who had little understanding and of him and uh, generally were very nervous about his learning about the greatness of his learning so I want to read to you two paragraphs from Rabbi Yosheber's writings. He was a very complicated person. He was a very, very profound thinker. I think you know about, about that and you've heard of him. And it would certainly be Kedai to, to read some of the things that, instead of hearing rumors and this and that and, you know, JB and so on, it would be very Kedai to take a look at some of the things that, that Chazda Hashem we have left over from him. Out of all those years that he taught, he says like this. He wrote like this. He said before this this year Rosh Hashanah. He wrote afterwards. He said before Rosh Hashanah, I saw in my imagination my father, He was the only Rebbe I had my entire life. You know they they couldn't find any Rebbe for him to teach him. You know. Uh, he had, he always, he spoke about when he was a little boy, he had one Chabad Rabbi. So, but then when his father found out that he was teaching more Tanya than Gemara, so he, so then he, he said enough is enough, and then the father taught him only. But as he got older, he said the only Rabbi he ever had in his life was his father. Achshav, he said, He says, when I saw this image of my father, he says, I, I, I began to cry to my father to tell him all about my life. Vamartilo Abba Mari. Listen what he said. This is this is what Salvajik said when he when he was thinking of his father. My father, my master. This year preparing for for the Yom Nirayim, Rabbi Yashabir said he said, Father he said to his father, I had many new insights into the halachas of the Avaida of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. 
the sugya shomitzas lav lahenis nitnu in a certain sugya in the Gemara, v'hilchas shayfer and the halachas of the shayfer. The vada yesh benehem dvarim shayisa merutsa mehem venenemehem. He says, Father, some of the things that I came up with this year in my learning before Yontiv, some of them I'm sure you've been very proud of me. You've been very happy. You might say, I'm sure there are many things I said that you wouldn't have been so happy with. You would have, you would have rejected them. He says, This is how I spoke to my father in my imagination. Even though I knew that I'm not going to hear a word from my father's mouth. He says, What? And this, this is for those who think you're talking about it, some Kalta uh, Litvak over here, right? Risk. So he said, Oi, Kama Hayisi Nosen, what would I give? If I could only converse with him once again in Tyra. Just for five minutes, if I could talk to him. But I knew that this image, that this beloved face that I imagined in my mind, that was so close to me, he is now far from me. And he says, And my heart is exploding with a longing, with missing him. My heart is exploding with a longing to have five minutes. Shall of a conversation. Because when we were alive, I didn't always treasure that the way that I should have, in the fullest sense. When, I, when he was still with me, when his nesham was still with me. That's a powerful image. That's a very, very powerful image. That you take that, that a person like him took with him his entire life. If to all the years, and, and, and with all of his loneliness, you know, those who are familiar with his teachings, how he took that with him till 120, you know, till, till that time when he passed away, which wasn't so far from 120. He took that with him. Here's another paragraph. Listen to this. This is, this is easier to handle and sweeter. Also from Rabbi Shabir. He says, Shirav Shal Abba. He said, you know, when my father would give a shir, it wasn't in a yeshiva building. He says, my father, Rabbi Moshe, used to give a shir to very great, great young men, big Tamil in whose house? In the grandfather's house. And who was the grandfather of Yashavir? No, Rabbi Chaim Brisket, right? So he said, Shi'ur of Shalaba, Hayunitanim Betraklan Shalbe Sab. Rabbi Yashavir said that, that they lived in the, father's ha- the grandfather's house. And that the father, my father, used to give Shi'urim to a group of young men in the house of, the, of Rabbi Chaim Brisket. Sham Haisamitasi, and he says, I used to have my bed. They weren't rich. He says, I had my bed. Rabbi Yashabir had his bed in that room where his father, Rabbi Moshe, used to give the Shir. Darki Bamitasi, I used to sit on my bed. and I would listen to my father. Mari Diber Rambam. He was always talking about the Rambam, my father. The this is what he would do. He says, my father would open the Gemara. Kari says, so he learned the Gemara. Then he would say, this is the commentary of Taisvis. 
Achshav Nayin number Rambam. Now let's take a look at the Rambam. The Nira Ech Pirushu. Let's see how the Let's see what the Rambam has to say. And then Rabbi Yosef said, Tamid Abba Hayamaitzikir Rambam Lo Pirush Kamaisam. He says, I remember Father would always find that the Rambam was different from everybody else. And I remember Father always saying, I don't understand what the Rambam is talking about. As if, as if he was complaining. As if he's angry with the Rambam, saying, I mean, Rambam, why did you do such a thing? Why did you write such a strange thing? And he would say, The Ravid, you know, the Ravid was always arguing with the Rambam. The Ravid is right. The Rambam seems wrong. And then Rabbi Yosheba said, Then the, the young men there, these geniuses, would, would start jumping and screaming and fighting, trying to justify the Rambam. And each one would suggest his idea. Father would listen, and he would disprove all these, these possibilities. My father would say, the words of the Rambam are difficult like iron in their heart. But he didn't give up hope. My father would put his hand, his head on his uh, on his uh, on his hand. He would lean on his on his hand, and he would become lost in deep thought. All the young men were, were silent. Also, no one wanted to disturb him. And I remember this Barb Yosheber also. Very similar. The whole scene was Barb Yosheber. After a long time, he would lift up his head slowly and say, Rabbi Sai, nearly, this is how it seems to me. And, Rabbi, and then he would go on to explain the Rambam, a whole loop shot. And Rabbi Yosheber says, I would listen. Rabbi Yosheber said, I was a little boy. I didn't understand one word of what my father was saying. Bram, nevertheless, but the impression that it made. He said, in my, in my innocent mind, in my, in my child's mind, the roshim that that made, was that the Rambam was surrounded by enemies. And the only one to defend him was my father, is going to protect the Rambam against all of those enemies. Slowly, the tension would subside. My father would move forward with great courage and strength. New ideas, new concepts. would pierce this, the air. New halachas, ideas. A new light would shine. All of the difficulties, all of the difficulties that were originally in the Rambam were, were solved. Hasugi in the parish of the Gemara was explained. The Rambam came out victorious. As a little boy, I, I, I joined in this Simcha. I was so happy. I would jump out of bed. And I would run to mommy's room, to my mother's room. And I would come with terrific news, great news. Mother, the Rambam is right. He beat the Ravid. Abba Zarlo. Father helped him. Listen, we're not Ramayish's Alavajiks. But that's not what. It wasn't. He didn't understand 
the Rambam, Rabbi Yashabesi. He was a little boy. He didn't know what his father was talking about. The impression that it made upon him. The Cheshivas of Tyre in that, in, in, in that house. The Cheshivas. What the Rambam was, what it meant, and what Torah was, and, 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 and the excitement of, of Yiddishkeit. This is something that, this is something that stays in, in a Jew for his entire life. And we have to somehow, it's hard for us, because if we don't feel it ourselves, what are we supposed to do? But we have to do something that our children should, should be able to have these, these type of, this, a memory, a strong, powerful memory of what Yiddishkeit was to my parents. Not that, you know, not a tired and bored look, and not, uh, and not uh, I don't want to harp on this, but not, you know, a father talking and davening or hanging out someplace, but something real, something important. That's why it's also important that, even though it's important that the, that the men should learn in Bismedrish and so on, but it's also important that they should see the father's learning, that the children should see the father's learning, that the fa- and that learning is something which is exciting to the father. And they see that their father gets excited about that and wants to share an idea. Wants to share an idea. Her mother, you see something, a good vart. You should prepare something during the week. A good vart, something that means something to you. Uh, whatever it is, a pasik. A, a pasik. Because when the children, when the children see that, th- that's the, uh, that's the, the parasha of the agolus of Yosef Atzad. That's the, that's what that's what it's talking about in, in the Chumash, that Yosef Atzadik brought his father back to life, and that Yosef had it Yosef remaining king even in Mitzrayim, isn't that what we're all hoping for, that our children should be kings and queens in Mitzrayim? They're not, they're not, we're not, we're not in Yerushalayim, and Yerushalayim now is also Shtikla Mitzrayim, you know. Before Mashiach comes, it's not, uh, it's not so easy in Yerushalayim either these days. So we need for our children to be kings and queens in Mitzrayim. How did Yosef Atzadik stay a king in Mitzrayim? How did he remain, how did he become Yosef Atzadik in such a place? And the answer is the same way that our children are going to be kings and queens, prince and princes and princesses in, in, in the crazy places that they're going to have to be in. And that's if we are able to be the images that they can refer to, to give them that strength, to give them that knowledge, to give them that inspiration of being Jews. Together, of course, with good rebellion, teachers hopefully that are inspiring, things that they've come across, things that they've seen. But mostly it depends on us. Because, because when it came down to it, that's the only thing between that, re- that remained between Yaakov and his, and his son over all those years was the last thing that I learned with my father that, that kept me alive. Therefore, we should try, if possible, each and every day, to learn a little bit, something, just to say a good word, something, and and something that we're excited about, and that we should daven the harav now, that Baruch Hashem help that the Torah should be a part of me, and that's something superficial in me. Help that my Yiddishkeit, Shabbos is such an amazing opportunity. Friday night, you know, it's so hard because we're because we're all so tired. It's so hard Friday night at the table. It should be with the chiz. It should be with simcha. So often the children are growing up and there's a lot lot of company and there's distractions. How important it is for everybody to have time when it's just the children at the table. Not, 
know, not the archim, you know, you know that now the hachnasas archim is usually not hachnasas archim. It's socializing, right? It's having friends and family. That's all very nice. But the, the children need to need to have that. Even though the children love to have comedy because they can run around, have a great time, they meet new people, they talk, it's exciting. And, and they don't want to just get stuck with their parents. It's like boring, you know. What, what kind of Shabbos is this? You know, an in Shabbos. Afal Pichin, nevertheless, nevertheless, in the years to come, it's not the, it's not the guests that they need to remember. It's, it's you with them and Shabbos, and what that means and the feeling of Shabbos. Especially when Shabbos comes in, if a mother can muster up the strength, I know it's almost impossible, and it's and it's really not even nice for me to suggest. But maybe once a month, if it's possible, to try before the men come back from shul to sing l'chadaydi together with the girls, but with the chiyas, right, and to to tell a story, to be together, and because these are the memories that are going to keep them going, and we have to we have to plant them right now. The Baruch Shalom should help us to be these kind of parents and to see children who are little Yosef Atzadik's come out from all of this.